are you guys in line for what you want for your future marriage? Is there room for separation, right? So if you remove those, that room of saying, I'm just going to leave if it doesn't work out and change it to, I'm going to do what I need to, to make it work out. Then I think that's where the marriage has become more successful. And of course we also grow, right? We're older and um, more mature over time too. So that, that takes shifts, but um it is definitely essential to have gratitude with your partner, gratitude for the relationship. What does it bring to you? What does it make you feel like? What lessons did you learn from your last thing? And like you said earlier, you literally took the words out of my mouth, right? Sometimes the lessons that we learned are the things that we don't want, right? And that's huge because we're opening our eyes to saying, I don't longer want to accept this type of relationship. I no longer want to accept this type of treatment. I don't want to be that person, right? So when you're entering into a new relationship, you know that those are things that you need to sit down and talk to your new partner about. Before we enter this, these are non-negotiables for me. What are your non-negotiables? And then make sure that, again, you're aligned with that and that you're willing to give him what he needs and he's willing to give you what you need. And I think that's really what makes a successful marriage. Hi, I'm Victoria Dumay, your host of the Fueled by Gratitude podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Fueled by Gratitude has the pleasure of interviewing and having raw, authentic conversations with amazing guest speakers who are entrepreneurs, coaches, business professionals, and everyday amazing human beings. Each individual is here to share their testimonies and principles to living a life in which you're not just surviving, but a life in which you are thriving in. And today, I have the pleasure of having an amazing interview and conversation with relationship coach Lorena Ramos. She is a mother of six. She helps couples navigate relationships and divorce. And you all know, I love talking about post-divorce life, thriving post-divorce, and she just brings it here with such amazing life tips. This is not just for those of you going through divorce or healing from divorce. This is just relationship advice in general, but obviously if you are going through divorce or know someone for that is going through divorce, this is the episode for you to tune into. This is the first time I've actually done an episode on the Field by Gratitude podcast in like relationships and divorce specifically. So I was really happy to invite Lorena on here to just have this authentic conversation, share all of her tips because she is a retired family law attorney. So she is well-versed in this area. She is well aware of all of the different dynamics and hurdles and resistance and all the things that come with you know, healing from divorce, going through divorce, having to blend families together and just being able to cohabitate together as a family, having children or going from single to going from, you know, married to single to back to married, all of those different, you know, avenues and phases and seasons of life and that involves having a relationship and running a family, right? So I believe you're going to love this again, whether you are going through divorce or you just want some amazing relationship advice. This is an amazing episode with Lorena Ramos. I hope it blesses you today. Enjoy our interview and conversation. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode on the Field by Gratitude podcast. I have the pleasure of having Lorena Ramos on today to talk about a topic that recently I started really sharing about in this last few years, I, not few years, this last year in 2022, which is just thriving post-divorce. And you guys know I have 
a free course called Divorced and Thriving. And Lorena Ramos is on today. She is a uh, retired family law attorney. So she is well-versed in family law and just dealing with helping women and fathers and families um, go through that, you know, very trying time of divorce. And currently she's helping women navigate divorce and she's a certified success coach. And she's going to share a little bit more about all of the things that she does, but I have yet to have an episode specifically designed on thriving post-divorce. And I'm about helping women achieve a great, amazing post-divorce story because divorce is not the end. Divorce is not failure. It is not a time to feel that it's, you know, done and over with, and you can, you know, allow divorce to do a couple things. You can allow it to defeat you and over and, you know, be overbearing and challenging, or you can allow it for it to be a time to kind of redesign your life and find yourself again and create a really amazing thriving life. And that's what I wanted Lorena here for, to just kind of share her expertise in this area, how to navigate through the divorce process and how to really create an amazing family dynamic um, that you can thrive in, not just for yourself, but for your children and for all the parties involved. So Lorena, thank you so much for being on today and for giving your time and your knowledge and energy here. You are just, I have just loved you every single time I've seen you speak and share, and I love your content. So again, just thank you for coming on for today's episode. And now the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Victoria. It's a pleasure to be on here today. And I appreciate the invite. Um, so yes, like you mentioned, I am a retired family law attorney. I practiced family law for 15 years. I handled um, heavy litigation. Uh, so the ugly parts of divorce. Uh, so my expertise doesn't only just come from my career, which, you know, it's been thousands of cases that I've helped, but you know, I'm, I, was previously married and divorced. I was a single mom of twin girls. And now I have uh, very much like you manifested the perfect life of what, you know, perfect is relative, but perfect for me um, with my husband. And we are a blended family. Um, and we've been happily married now for 10 years. So there is so much light post-divorce um, as long as we are focusing on what's coming versus what we're losing. So I think that's the key for most women. And yeah. then, you know, this is for both genders. Yes, yes. And I love that you said that, like, there is hope, there is like, success available still. And I want to give that hope. And I'm sure that you want to do the same is to give that hope to women who, and the men that are going through this, and that they can create that. And how would you say, because you, you create a lot of content and advice, what would you say is like, you know, the, the base mindset? to go when you are entering this process, no matter where you are in the process of divorce, whether you just are starting the divorce process or you are in a year out or two years out. I know a lot of women are like, oh my gosh, like I've been divorced for five years and I still am not feeling, you know, good or I'm still mm -hmm. struggling. What would you say mindset wise is the key here for those going through that right now? I think it's really changing the story that you're telling yourself, right? Because when we get divorced, we consider ourselves like we failed in a marriage. Um, when I was going through the divorce, the first part, um, I cried because I felt like I needed to cry. It was the right thing I needed to do, right? And then I remember telling my um, ex-mother-in-law, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just I'm a statistic. I'm a divorce Latina. Like, what the hell? Um, but that's what made me sad. And that's what got me there was the story that I was like, oh, I'm a failure. 
um, or I failed in this marriage. So it's when you start switching that mindset of like, I did something wrong or they did something to me, right? Um, women tend to also, and just women, let me, let me clear that out. Both, both uh, pa uh, pairs, right? Men and women, because I represent a lot of men who step into this victim mentality, right? They were wronged. Um, and maybe they were, I'm not saying that they weren't wrong, but they stay in there. They stay in that mindset of I was wrong. I'm a victim. I'm hurt. I'm in pain. Um, and they keep elaborating that story in their mind over and over again, rather than seeing the beauty behind the divorce, right? Rather than seeing the beauty behind um, the separation. Divorcing is not a failed situation. It just, it's your, your time came up, right? You had a contractual soul period with this individual, right? Or soul contract, I guess you can call it, that expired. No different than when friends come in and out of your life. Uh, the only difference is that you chose to marry in hopes that this person would be for, with you forever. But when you are no longer friends with someone, you're not a failure in friendship, right? You don't decide that you're no longer going to have friends because this one particular friend is no longer part of your life. You know, it's easy for us to say friends are in there for a season, but when we separate in our relationships or in our in our uh, marriages, we're like, oh, I can never be married again. Well, why not, right? Uh, so what did you learn from this marriage? What did you learn from that relationship? What did you get from it, right? Maybe you got children that you would have never had had you been married to somebody else. Um, so focus on what you got from it. Focus on the beauty that was in it rather than focusing on what you no longer have. And I think that's a major aspect too. Um, and this one, I guess maybe I'll say is more for women because men don't tend to see things on an emotional standpoint as we do, as women do, uh, where women tend to focus on the life of the fairy tale story of what they should have had, right? The the happy marriage, the children, the one, you know, one parent household. I mean, not one parent, like one unit household, uh, you know, picket fence or whatnot. And when they don't have that anymore, uh, they feel like, oh, I don't have that fairy tale. Other people have that fairy tale. So we lead more with the emotion of the things that we lost or the fairy tale stories that we tell ourselves, the, the perfect family, quote unquote. And I'm quoting, I know you don't see, but like in a perfect family that we have built ourselves up to have this story. And when we're going through divorce, we feel like, okay, uh, it's not for me. But it is, it can be for you. It can. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because this is the Fueled by Gratitude podcast. And I think the thing that shifted me majorly is when I was able to kind of sit and be reflective of my marriage and not looked at it as, like you said, like it's a failed thing, like you lost it, you can't have it, mm -hmm. but more for what I could give gratitude for the experiences, the memories, like you said, my three beautiful daughters and everything, mm -hmm. even though like, you know, I always say like, he wasn't maybe the best husband for me, but like, I also took responsibility of like what role I played in, in that situation and that reflection of like sitting, like, what can I be grateful for? Then I allowed to see the ways where he was a great husband, you know, like, or the things he taught me that I wouldn't have known, like mm -hmm. in the marriage, whether it was good or bad, like the lessons. Mm -hmm. And then when you shift that perspective, like you said, mm -hmm. of like gratitude, me, I'm all, my whole life is about gratitude and like living mm -hmm. the the heart centered, that love center, that heart center. I believe that it's the magnet for like anything that you want in life. I believe it's the magnet yeah. for abundance. And if you can take even painful situations and circumstances and sit with gratitude in whatever it taught you, there's always something you're going to walk away with versus what you lost. 
always. And it's such a mindset. Love that. That was like, you're pretty much like your first, like, don't lost. Don't look at what went away. Don't look at what, you know, what you are fearing in like the future, but like, look at what you've gained. Because if you really focus on that, you're going to find all the things that you did gain. The Mm -hmm. experience alone, I feel like, um, you know, like is the experience and the lessons. You also get to go into your future, like knowing what you don't want, right? Like you have that clarity of like, okay, I know that what didn't work and what I don't want that that in itself is like awesome you know I always do tell people still mm-hmm. heal through it because if you don't heal through it, you will you know recreate the pattern and you will find mm-hmm. familiar in your next partner which a lot of people do um you know they end up in that similar situation mm-hmm. new guy but almost like a similar situation so I do you know if you're listening right now there is a healing <laughs> process here and recognizing patterns and familiarity so now yeah. you've been married 10 years post-divorce mm-hmm. that's a you know, I don't know if you know this, you probably do know this because you've been in the family law, but they, they statistic that says that second marriages have a higher divorce rate than the first. So if women are listening right now, because I lot most of my majority of the listeners that I have on the podcast are women, uh, entrepreneur moms, working moms, and, you know, recently more women that have experienced divorce or dating now post-divorce, what is your tip to not let that statistic kind of be something lingering on their mind because I know it mm-hmm. definitely from mine when I was in, when I was dating like oh my gosh mm-hmm. like am I gonna <laughs> make that mistake again what would you say like again like what is your advice for women like whether it's tools or principles or mindset that that could help them overcome this statistic that second marriages fail even more than the first yeah so statistically you're right 50 percent of first-time marriages and then divorce 60 second and 70 uh, percent on third uh, time marriages but why is that it's because they've already done it before so they're comfortable doing it again right um for those who jump into second marriages they're like well if it doesn't work out i survived it right so i think that's probably the wrong mentality, right? Uh, I was definitely what I considered a flight risk in the beginning of my relationship with my husband. And that would be a whole conversation for him to have one day, right? But I was not easy to tame. And it does take a strong man uh, because we do have these, we are very jaded. Uh, we're overly protected, especially if we're coming into relationships as single moms, where we feel like um, now there's much, my, I don't want my kids to have to go through this again. So uh Women tend to be the ones that jump out of the second marriages more as well, because, well, women are the ones that file for divorce generally anyway, but uh, we just kind of push away like, no, you're not going to, I'm not going to allow this to happen again. So I'm going to take control of this situation. So we're protecting ourselves. We have this really huge wall. Uh, so my advice would be that you have to heal generally, yes, from your first um, relationship, understand your part in that. And I get a lot of backlash when I say this. So, and I'm sure some of these women are going to be like, blaming the victim. I'm not blaming the victim, right? I'm just saying marriages don't fall apart because of one person. Marriages fall apart because both of you did something wrong. And if your second marriage is going to fall apart, it's because you're not taking responsibility and fixing what your part was in the first marriage. I know that when I got divorced, we were young. We probably should have never gotten married. But the truth of the matter is I had my faults. I was not, you know, 
maybe I wasn't even committed in the first place. And, and that probably triggered into the marriage at, at itself. But, you know, if you were to see that situation, you're like, well, why did you guys get divorced? We got divorced because he cheated on me. Okay. But why did he cheat on me? Right. Because men cheat. Some, right. But that's not why it's because we weren't connected in our marriage because there wasn't, there wasn't, we were really coexisting rather than partnership. So, um, when I went into my new relationship with my husband, I realized that if I wanted it to be successful, I had to go in all the way, right? I had to commit to this relationship. I had to commit to the growth of the relationship um, and my husband and not bring in the fears of what could, what did happen in my, my relationship, what could have happened or what could happen, right? So focus on the now versus of all the possibilities and, and, and the negative possibilities is what we focus on, unfortunately. So we go into thinking uh, like flight risk, that's why I call myself, right? Like, well, um, well, I'll just leave you, I'll just divorce you. And that's not a positive energy that you're flowing into this marriage, right? So if you're thinking of getting into a more in-depth relationship or potentially marrying, uh, again, which I'm all for it, right? Clearly. Um, what is it that you want from this marriage? What is it that you're seeking from your partner? And really be aligned with your partner. Do you guys see eye to eye on what it is that you want for your future life? Um, is he accepting you with what you have, right? And are you accepting him with what he has? Because likely it may not be his first marriage either. Um, and then, you know, that brings in its own issues with blended families. This is a whole other conversation, but uh, but are you guys in line for what you want for your future marriage? Is there room for separation, right? So if you remove those, that room of saying, I'm just going to leave if it doesn't work out and change it to, I'm going to do what I need to, to make it work out, then I think that's where the marriages become more successful. And of course we also grow, right? We're older and um, more mature over time too. So that, that takes shifts, but um it is definitely essential to have gratitude with your partner, gratitude for the relationship. What does it bring to you? What does it make you feel like? What lessons did you learn from your last thing? And like you said earlier, you literally took the words out of my mouth, right? Sometimes the lessons that we learned are the things that we don't want, right? And that's huge because we're opening our eyes to saying, I don't longer want to accept this type of relationship. I no longer want to accept this type of treatment. I don't want to be that person, right? So when you're entering into a new relationship, you know that those are things that you need to sit down and talk to your new partner about. Before we enter this, these are non-negotiables for me. What are your non-negotiables? And then make sure that, again, you're aligned with that and that you're willing to give him what he needs and he's willing to give you what you need. And I think that's really what makes a successful marriage. Yes, yes, I know. And you know, it's funny because you hear the cliche, I call it a cliche because you hear it so much. It's like, um, you know, marriages fail because of lack of communication or like communication is important. It's like everybody has this awareness. I feel like that communication yeah. is, but it's like, what are you communicating? Like, mm -hmm. it, it's not just about talking, but it's like, what are you talking about? What are you willing to, what are the uncomfortable conversations? I think it's more mm -hmm. about the uncomfortable conversations than anything and that was one of my biggest things is that um you know that I learned from my from my past marriage and going into the future that it was like a non-negotiable for me to be available like have someone that was going to be available like at an emotional level but like you know what I mean like just like a, a deep uh vulnerable emotional level um and, you know, my husband and I, we have this like amazing, we actually want to teach it. We want to do like couples retreat one day and really create it like as like a weekend retreat. 
but we started this thing three months into our dating and we have yet to miss one. We're, we're celebrating five years of this and mm -hmm. every, we call it like quarterly, we call it quarterly evaluations and uh, <laughs> it's funny. We need another word for it, but um, the quarterly evaluation really is like a time where we have to have those conversations that are hard, the hardest to have. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and while the person is talking, the other person cannot talk. Like the, the person has to be like in full on listen mode. And then after the person who's talking finishes talking, the person who was listening now gets to repeat what they felt that the person is trying to explain. And then the person who talked says, okay, you got it. Or you don't actually, that's not what I am mm -hmm. because we are missed judging or we're uh, receiving something that is not what the other person's trying to be in reciprocation mm -hmm. with. Um, and this is a game changer. And it's like, um, I tell people like, you have no idea, like, because at the end of it, even though the most difficult conversations that you have at the end of it, you really truly uh, get to see this person in through eyes and like ways that you didn't, you're not going to see them unless you create the space for that. And so mm -hmm. I always feel like, you're going to know if uh, after three months, after six months, like where uh, the alignment is or not. And yeah. once you create the alignment, um, then you are creating, you're setting yourself up such an incredible uh, communication, communication aspect of a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like the reason I share that is because I did not have that in my previous relationship. And I knew that that was something that was a non-negotiable for me, that someone who mm -hmm. had a growth mindset and was also willing mm -hmm. to go into their shadows, go into their dark, the dark spots that they suppressed, they pushed away and was okay to like talking about it as difficult as it was. And it just like put mm -hmm. it all, right? Like put out the baggage. And so like, I, I think that that's um, a way to also avoid, because we talk about fears. We talk about like, what are you scared mm -hmm. of? I had to be like, right. I'm scared that you're going to change. I'm scared that you're going to leave me. I'm scared that you're going to mm -hmm. get tired of me one day. Like, like, let's be real, you know, mm -hmm. and it allows you to communicate your fears and like all these different things. And for me, that's how that was the foundation that I created with him that allowed me to say, we're going to overcome the statistic that says second marriage mm -hmm. is, you know, our higher faith. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, um, before I ask you my next next question, because I want to really tap mm -hmm. into the family dynamic, children, creating up amicability and all of that, because I believe that's a huge challenge. Um, so ladies, we're going to get there here. But be I want to acknowledge that when you said a lot of women are going to be triggered by this, when you talked about mm -hmm. like the, the mindset, I am so 100% in alignment with that because mm -hmm. I was, my divorce was because of infidelity on his part. And, mm -hmm. um, and I've never shared that publicly. Like the people that listen on here, they are very special listeners, but, I have, <laughs> but like, I think a lot of people were, they were accepting of the judgment zone of like, oh, well you, you had your out because you had, you know, you had the infidelity. Like that was your easy way out because you had that infidelity. And I was like, well, I, when I talk about taking responsibility for that in some aspect, it is triggering for people because it's, they don't want to take any type of responsibility for any type of role. And I'm not saying that like, you know, if you're listening right now, I'm not saying that you're the reason they cheated. Like it's, it's right. hard for people to hear that um, or like whatever it was, but like, how do you feel is a better way to really express like this concept of taking responsibility where if someone who might be listening, yes, they probably are getting triggered. Um, yeah. How do we reframe what it means to take responsibility 
for the marriage for, I mean, like, cause I, I have a, I have a aspect of reframing that, but I, I feel like you mentioned it, but it was kind of like a little bit briefed over a little bit. Like, just yeah. a little bit. Oh, I like, can talk about that. Yeah. Just a little bit. I, I think yeah. I on it a little bit more because I know a lot of the people that have connected with me connected with me because that they were divorced for the same reason as I. Right. Right. So here are my thoughts on this. No one's perfect. And um, to be honest, I did I did do a, a, a reel about this and I got a lot of backlash from women on on it. I can't believe you're like um, you're shaming the victims. And, you know, it's not that I'm shaming victims. Listen, you can't control other people's actions. Right. You cannot control whether or not he cheats or whether or not the woman cheats because cheating works both ways. I mean, listen, uh, Men are not the only cheaters. Women just get caught less. That's the only difference, okay? Um, but you have to take responsibility for your actions in the marriage. And how do you do that, right? You have to sit back and really look like, was I all in? Was I committed to him? Did I treat him with respect? Did I make him feel wanted? Um, I, unfortunately, we live in a day an age, right? Where we want so much women empowerment and I'm not against that. Okay. At all. I'm, I'm for it. I have four daughters, so I'm totally for women empowerment, but in that we have lost our couth and we emasculate men tremendously. Right. So in that level of emasculation and lack of respect and just, you know, all these things that we expect of them to do, sometimes they, they, and men don't know how to express their emotions. Right. So they're, they're feeling less manly. Right. And how do they fulfill that need? They go and seek it somewhere else. Right. The aspect of cheating is on him. The feeling less manly, emasculated and lack of respect, that's on us. Now, could that cheating have been prevented if the man learned to communicate, like you said, those hard communications? Yes. Maybe if he would have been like, listen, I don't appreciate the way you make me feel. And when you do this, this is what I feel like. And this is what I'm thinking. If we don't fix this, that could have prevented the cheating. But the feeling that he had, that he went out there to try to fulfill by somebody else, you have to take some responsibility on that. And the problem is where I, I've actually gotten messages from women. They were like, I was a perfect wife. I'm like, were you? Well, congratulations. I'm glad. I was like, I wasn't. And I, I doubt that you were. The truth of the matter is I doubt that you were a perfect wife. And you know how I figured that out? By the fact that you can attack a total stranger and tell me how perfect you were and what a failure he was. I wonder how comfortable you were talking to the person that was supposed to be married to you on all his failed attempts, right? So we don't take note of that, how we communicate with them. We don't take note of how we make them feel. We only take note of how they make us feel. So you do have to sit back and, and, and rate yourself, right? Like, do I feed, feed him this? Do I feed him security? Do I feel him, uh, feed him excitement, uncertainties, right? Do I feed his, his um, reassurance or significance? Do I tell him how special, how thankful I am, how special he is? Do I recognize all the things that he does, Right. Am I feeding his growth, right? Is he out there reading self-help books, going to seminars, and you're at home, you know, watching Hallmark all day? Are you growing and feeding together? Um, or maybe you're you're thinking, well, no, I can't. I'm so busy with the home and the children. And that may be true. 
but growth needs time and you have to commit that with your with your partner because if you don't grow together you will die right your relationship not you personally but um and then of course are you eating into you know are you guys contributing together right is he a giver and he's out there you know doing things and you're again not something that works for you if you're not aligned with your human needs together what part of that is your fault right or it could be backwards like let's be real it could be you're doing all these things and he's not the one doing it but you're not communicating that you feel like hey we need to grow together you need to come to these seminars with me you need to listen to podcasts like this amazing one you need to <laughs> you need to read books with me like we need to engage and that, I guess, falls back to that lack of strong communication with one another. But that that's on us. Like, take responsibility for that. No one's perfect in a marriage. I'm still not perfect. I'm still growing even 10 years in. And so is he. So um, when you do some self-reflection, that's where, and I think that falls in everything we do and not just our own relationships. But like, you know, you gain 20 pounds. Is it the burger's fault or is it the fact that you ate it? Right? Is it, you know, if you're, if your kids are failing in school, is it only their fault that they're failing in school because they're not applied? Or is it because you're not focusing on them when they come home and helping them with homework or asking the hard questions like what's going on in school? Um, so we all have a part of everything that's happening in our nucleus and your nucleus is your home. So to sit back and say that you were perfect and the only reason your affairs failed is because of them, that should speak volumes to you. Clearly, you have no self-awareness. So um, so I know it's triggering, and I'm sorry if it's triggering people, but when you stop and do that, that exercise of really rating yourself, like, who am I, and what am I providing into any relationship, I think that's where the growth starts. Totally, totally, totally. Okay, I love how you, how you explained that, and I have a couple of things that I want to add to that before we go into the next thing, is that there's this basically what you are explaining to is like this level of awareness and consciousness and competency. So what most people don't realize is that there a lot of people are unconsciously incompetent. And so mm -hmm. they're incompetent in, in, in a situation. This could be in the job. You know, those people that think like they're doing a great job, but they're like not. And they're like, they're not yeah. aware. everybody else is like, this person is the most incompetent person ever. And you know what I mean? And yeah. I think so that's an example in a job situation. But the thing is, is there's people navigating the world completely unconsciously incompetent. So those mm -hmm. usually the unconsciously incompetent people are the victims. They are the victims. Mm -hmm. They are like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. But they're like, but it didn't work. Well, because you're completely working on an unconscious level here. You're not aware of these red flags. I call them red flags or like these blind mm -hmm. spots. Everybody else sees them. You're not aware of them. And so when... When, and for the person who's listening that is being triggered and maybe you probably even like shut off the podcast at this point because they're like, they're like not going to continue to take right. responsibility for the failed things in life. And it's not just marriage. Like if you're listening to this. This applies to life. Like mm -hmm. if some things that are not working out, it is not your boss. It is not your friends. It is not your children. It is not anything outside of yourself. It is you 100%. You are, I believe in, in like that we are the frequency of what we attract. It, everything at the end of the day, 
we have something that we have calibrated to, and that is what we're attracting. Like we're in that calibration, we're in that frequency, we're in the energy. And maybe maybe it was something that you learned from childhood, an attitude, a formula that you created because you needed to survive from some type of trauma, whatever it is, you are calibrating at that at that level and you're attracting the type of men, you're attracting the type of people into your life that are gonna give you the results that you had set in place. And if you're working unconsciously, you are the incompetent person in this marriage. So you can play the victim and you can say, oh, he's the one who cheated or he's an asshole or he's, you know, the jerk and he never does this and he never did that. Well, how, who are you being in the role? How are you allowing this situation? How have you allowed that? And like, I love that you brought the emasculation thing because I'll be straight up, um, is that I have a very alpha personality. So (laughs) Uh, and because I've had to grow up very independently, I had no one taking care of me. I had to take care of myself my entire life. And I also had a lot of abandonment uh, trauma from people just like, you know, divorce in my family and just mm-hmm. uh, parents, you know, left us to live in a third world country when we were very, very young. And I have that, you know, like, hey, no one's there for you. So mm-hmm. I had to be there for myself my whole entire life. So I have this thing where I'm like, I got it. I got it. I don't need you. I don't need you. I got it. Or I can do it better. Right. And so one of the things that I learned from my previous marriage and one of the things that my husband today tells me all the time, you don't trust me. And it bothers the hell out of me. You need to let me leave. You need to trust me. You need to just say, when I tell you, Hey, I'm going to do this. Trust me that it's going to be okay. He's like, cause you just want to control every aspect of it. And when he says that, what he's saying, really saying is you're emasculating me. Right. And Absolutely. So for a lot of us women, especially Latina women, it's like we're fiery. We have a very independent personality or whatever. Like that is, that is an aspect that you may be mm-hmm. emasculating your, your partner. Um, and there's, I feel like there's other aspects too. I mean, like obviously this podcast could go on for hours. Like there's aspects mm-hmm. of play. And I remember, um, listening to something recently was talking about like um that men too like you know we have to understand that men are different t- beings they're different they they are they're wired differently and um and there's this like fantasy play thing too i don't know like you, you know i'm sure you know about it and it's like how much of the fantasy and play like not just the masculine but like how much fantasy and play like men want to be they, they don't ever want to use that lose the flirting right like they right. want they like my husband's always like i don't care what you text me, but if you're flirting with me, it just, oh, yeah. <laughs> it gone. You know? Like even it's just like, Ooh, can't wait for tonight. Like just something right. simple, you know, like just all these, yeah. you know, I lost that play, you know, like I didn't have that play, you know, like in my previous marriage and I'm just being really true and vulnerable. And again, I'm not giving, I'm not taking. And I think the other thing to end this section right here is that we're not saying that you're fully responsible for no. the both people had responsibilities. It's mm-hmm. that, what it's about. Like, um, he also had responsibility in the marriage. Mm-hmm. He also played just as much of a role why the marriage failed and why he left the marriage as much as I did. I think that's what we're both like we're saying here, right? It's not like mm-hmm. just take a like a checklist, like you know, emotional check, and you know all the things like you said is the communication was it there the you know, where were you growing in yourself? How were you investing Mm -hmm. in growth? And like you said, you know, my husband and I did a podcast, podcast interview together where it says, you don't marry the person you love. You marry the person you grow with and you nailed Mm -hmm. it. 
right? You're not growing, you're dying. Your marriage is dying. So all we're, right. I think that section is that like you, we're not saying you're responsible for the failure of your marriage. We're saying both are, but you had a right. responsibility at the end of the day and why That's it didn't. So, okay. So the other thing I love to talk about is people who are in the divorce process or they are divorced, the blended family, the co-parenting, oh my goodness, it is probably mm. the most challenging part of being yeah. divorced. You have these children, you have you that you're working on, you know, post-divorce, you have this relationship with this ex. And one of the things that people ask me is like, how do you you know, how do, are you, how are you and your ex doing what you're doing? So my ex and I, we have an amazing co-parenting uh, relationship where to the point, pe- to the point where people think we are freaks, like they think that we're weirdos, that we're, they're like, that isn't normal. Like we are the abnormal, you know, post-divorce because he remarried to the person, you know, and they, uh, we just hang out. Like we, we, I go in their house, have coffee. I hang out with her. They have a baby. I babysit the baby. Um, <laughs> so like, we just, we all get along and everybody, you know, is like, how, like, how did you forgive? Number one, how did you forgive her? How do you, how do you blend this and not feel resentment? Um, mm-hmm. And my answer to that before you start speaking here is that I immediately put my kids' well-being and the the environment that they were going to be, they needed to thrive. It wasn't just me thriving post-divorce. It was how will my children thrive in the environment that I create for them. It wasn't easy because we conflicted a lot in the beginning, but I changed who I was being in the relationship and said, who do, what version of me needed to exist for an amicable relationship? How would I talk about him? How would I my attitude towards him be how would our conversations be and when I started being that version of myself then he kind of matched me at that level and it, and it went from total argument and chaos to hey I'm gonna calibrate to the version of me mm-hmm. and what energy am I gonna have? that's what I did but someone right now who is struggling in that what is your advice to there I mean I applaud what you did I think that's really what needs to happen um for me my ex-husband um and I did not have children so uh but I ended up getting pregnant in the process of divorce uh, with twin girls so uh by somebody else clearly uh the floodgates opened and I went crazy so that's what happened and um so I had the girls um and the, their father and I tried to have a relationship it didn't work out um he he still denies it, but he cheated on me with the woman he's with now, right? Uh, very similar story. Um, and then um, I remarried fairly to my husband, and he has previous children too. So we're a complete blended family. He has two uh, two children. I had two children, and we had two together. So, but I had an incredible, very similar to you, very Victoria, like I incredible relationship with the father of my kids as well uh co-parenting right uh they they come into my house we we you know they live in new york so we don't go to their house but they come into my house um in fact right now after this i'm dropping my daughters off at the airport to go see him um their kids hug and kiss me and my kids hug and kiss them and and it's a very healthy relationship for the sake of my daughters and i did the same thing i i put aside my personal feelings for my daughters and i had to tell him listen it doesn't matter what happened between you and I. Clearly, we didn't work out, but my daughters need to have everybody in their life because the more people that love them, the more they will grow. And I was not going to have my kids grow up with daddy issues because I 
didn't like their father. I didn't want them to feel neglected by him because he couldn't stand being around me. So he chose not to be around them to not be around me, if that makes sense. Um, so we have communication is really all about them. I mean, I don't ask him, Hey, how was your week? No, it's everything about the kids. And um, if you went through our text message, you would laugh. Like we joke and stuff like that. Um, because they, my daughters were the center of the decision-making for both of us. Um, and that's so important because children see everything and they, my daughters have friends of, uh, whose parents are divorced, who don't have this relationship. And they're like, they thank me. They're like, oh my God, thank God that you, you know, daddy get along because I can't imagine having that type of life where you can't see your dad because he didn't pay child support. You can't see your dad because he wronged me. Right. Um, as long as the man is a good father and treats them right, it doesn't matter how he treated you. Um, and I'm actually dropping a reel on this right now where it says, I do not agree that being a bad husband equates to being a bad father. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people think that's the truth. Go, oh, if he disrespected you, then he had to be a bad father because your kids saw that. Maybe he was, it was a bad judgment in that moment, but it doesn't equate to him being a bad father. Um, and the father of my kids is not a bad father to them. And they feel loved and that's what's important. Uh, but it is definitely uh, takes a lot of self-growth to be able to say, it's not about me, it's about them. And I think we have that as responsibilities as parents, right? That we have to feed our children what's best for them, not what's best for us. Um, my, on the other hand, um, now I would say that they probably have a better relationship, my husband and his ex, but in the beginning, it wasn't. It's was a lot of back and forth and it was toxic. And you know who paid that price? His kids. His kids paid that price. And um, they weren't raised the same way that my daughters were raised. And they see that, right? And, um, and it's unfortunate. And I've been with my husband for 13 years. And just this year was the first time I sat down and talked to his ex-wife. Um, because we went out to dinner, our son graduated from uh, military, uh, from the Air Force, and we were forced to come together for him. And it was the first time I had genuine, in-depth conversation with her. And she's not even the person I thought she was in that conversation, you know, because we paint pictures of who we want the other side to be. Um, so, and she she talked to me through it and recognized that there was a lot of things that maybe she did wrong. And it's because she was used, she was using the fuel of, uh, I was wronged and I am, um, and I've, I've lost on what I thought should have, I should have had, right? So she was fueling that and trying to like hoard the children to try to keep more control because she felt like she lost control over the situation. So um, it all really comes down to self-awareness and being able to see um, what is best for the children. One thing I did with my ex that I think helped a lot was what I call, well, I don't call this, Tony Robbins calls it, so it's not my key, but it's constructive blaming, right? Um, where I really did thank him for all his failures, and um, he was very shocked about it. It got, it got very emotional for it, but I thanked him for not being here. I thanked him for not uh, being the ideal partner for me. I thanked him that, and I even thanked him for cheating. I was like, I because at the end of the day, you met the person for you. She she treats my daughters great and she is an incredible mother to her kids and she considers my daughters hers. And had he not done that, she would have never been in the picture. 
And had he not done that, I probably would have worked really hard to try to make a useless relationship work for the sake of my daughters, where when he did that, it opened the door for me to meet my husband. Um, and a lot of the actions that he took has allowed me to live the life that I live, right? Which is, it's been of abundance and it has been of um, having my daughters all the time because he lives in New York. And rather than seeing like, oh, I can't believe you didn't move down here for your kids. You're like, you're a shitty father. No, thank you for not moving down here. My kids get to travel to New York and I get to have them all the time. You know, uh, thank you for what you did because it allowed me to be strong. Thank you for not always pay, never paying me child support. Yes, ladies, I said never. Okay, I am a family law attorney, but I did not want that shit in my life. So I did not fight for it. Okay, so thank you for never paying me child support because it allowed me to learn how to hustle for the sake of my children. And I have been very blessed with an abundant life because of it. Um, and the truth of the matter is he he's living a very similar life that he's living when, when we met. And that was over 16 years ago. And I think that has a lot to do with his actions. But I'm not here to judge him. I'm just saying, hey, I thank you for what you did. It made me who I am. I love that. See, mindset is everything. And I think that what you're showing, again, is like the gratitude and abundance mindset. If you can go away from what you're losing and what is lacking or where the person is wrong. Like when we focus so much on like what everybody else is doing wrong and what everybody else is, uh, you know, doing that's making us suffer. Like there's no winning there at all. Like I feel like the number one thing I didn't know how you know, things would work out. I remember like that first week, you know, first couple weeks when it hits you, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be a single mom. I'm going to do this divorce, go through this divorce. And this is, this is this reality. And it's just shocking. And you're just like, whoa, like, is this really happening? And the first questions is like, am I going to be okay? And how am I going to do this? But I remember mm -hmm. like within like the, that first couple weeks, at one point I said, you know what, I'm going to stop stressing and freaking out like of what he, what he did or like how you know how it's going to work i just i just said it's going to work like it's going to work and i'm going to put all the energy of all the ways that it can work all the opportunities that will show up like my reinvention that i'm going to focus on and i think it it really is about the mindset because if you dwell so much on like you know what you need from everybody else you're never going to, you're never going to succeed because people are always going to let you down. Like you said, so many women are get are caught up. And I get this in the comments and a lot of my TikToks and reels and videos when I talk about divorce and thriving post-divorce. The first thing that women do is give me all the reasons why they, they're not thriving, right? Like, well, my mm -hmm. ex child support, like you said, you know, yeah. my, mm -hmm. I don't have a job. I don't have money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if you keep focusing on the reasons why you are not going to succeed, you're never going to succeed because you're what mm -hmm. you're not looking at is the ways that you can succeed is the right. ways that you're going to conquer and ways you're going to show up. What are the, the, the steps you're going to take that is that has nothing to do with anybody else and what your ex is doing it has solely 100 percent on who you're who you're going to be and what you're going to become. And the fact mm -hmm. that you said you could call him and say, hey, thank you for doing all the things that would have given me every reason to not succeed because it showed me how to succeed. Like mm -hmm. that's a powerful mindset. And I love something that you said too, um, about, you know, like the family dynamic for those of you listening, like if you are blaming your ex for, or the person he cheated on you with, for the reason why your family dynamic 
isn't working or can work. Again, this goes back to like taking responsibility because when I, when my ex remarried with his, in, with the girl <laughs> <laughs> relationship, I actually, um, and I don't share this publicly because I, you know, I, I don't like you, I don't like to share things to be like, well, look at me, you know, like, look what I right. did. And look, people would think that like, we're just, you know, bragging or whatever, but um, a lot of people don't know this other than like my sister and maybe a couple other friends and obviously my husband, but I gave my ex's wife, his current wife, a gift, a wedding gift. And I wrote her a card and I told her how grateful I am that, um, she, she was the, the woman that was meant for him. And that, mm -hmm. and I, I said, any guilt or shame that you will hold because of what have happened, I need you to, from now on, let it go because you now are creating a space for our children to either thrive or fail. And I need you to let go of the energy of shame and, and unforgiveness or guilt because you are now like you are a pivotal person in this marriage and in this family dynamic and we're in this together like you mm -hmm. need to, you you're the one he was supposed to be with she literally called me and was like I that was the best wedding gift I've ever received and I could cry about it right now but mm -hmm. That right there, the only reason I was able to do that was because first I focused on my in, inner healing and loving myself, because when you don't love yourself, you will be in judgment zone. You will judge everybody else because really it's self-judgment, right? Like when we judge mm -hmm. others, it's really, we're just, we hate ourselves. So we right. need to feel better somehow. So we need to make everybody else be the people that are the mm -hmm. wrongdoing, right? So, but when you go into self-love, and when you heal, you realize that your life, you being right is so that your children are thriving, like so that mm -hmm. they lack matters. So like, I don't want them to fail in life. I don't want them to suffer in life. So we live for our children. And I think a lot of people think that that like, that means that you sacrifice everything. No, you don't sacrifice mm -hmm. anything. You put yourself first because it's right. for, you know? And I think that that with your, if you're going through divorce, you have to realize that the forgiveness you have to practice, the self-love healing, the getting along with your ex or creating that space is part of creating a thriving life for yourself so that it's thriving mm -hmm. for your children. And when you can see how that connects, um, everybody, I mean, oh my gosh, like we, we don't even like, to be honest with you, we don't even follow the MSA. Like we are like the, our marriage mm -hmm. settlement agreement. We just do what's kids. Like literally, right. we're like, oh, the and MSA yeah, like the MSA says he's supposed to have them on these days and mm -hmm. these holidays and whatever. Like we don't give two craps about that. And I think a mm -hmm. lot of, uh, and the last thing I want to say here too is uh, you're going to get, and I'm sure you can agree to this. You're going to get a lot of people's opinions on like, oh, well, you shouldn't let him do that. Or, you yeah. That. yeah, you know, like, you know, you're going to hear a lot of opinions. If it's not in alignment with the space and the family dynamic that you're going to want to create, don't listen to advice, right? Like don't, don't, don't listen to the the people that are going to have their opinions, especially the piece of people that went through divorce, right? They're the most mm -hmm. opinionated. And what I used to say is, unless they have a post-divorce life that you also want, I would not listen mm. to them. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Yes. And it's, it's about your family and that's setting boundaries. And who cares what your friends think that, you know, like you should do or put your foot down and, you know, like, 
you know, like just the authoritarian authoritative thing that a lot of people are told, like, you need to just put your foot down and not let him take advantage of you. And I'm like, it's not about that right now. It's about like, what is for this dynamic and for the family and for the kids. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I feel like it's easier said than done for most people to like, they, they love their, and they probably do feel like they want to do best for their kids, but they're struggling with showing up that way, you know, and what, I mean, what, how would you, what would you say just to end this now, um, Mm -hmm. this part, what would you say? Like, how, how would they start? Like, do you have any like tools, books, courses, like anything that you would say, like if someone's really struggling with this idea of not, you know, like if, especially if they're bad mouthing the the parent, you know, in front of their kids, Mm -hmm. uh, keep, you know, that happens a lot you know, yeah. like if they're like, Oh, I'm trying, you know, I have a client that that talks a lot about like how it frustrates her that he doesn't communicate or like he doesn't like, she's constantly triggered by what he's doing, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, why so worried about what he's doing? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I try, but I just, I just get, fr- I just, just frustrates me. Like it's an energy that just. So I think that for her would be the frustrating part is because she's losing control. And yeah. for her, why she's so worried about what he does is because he's not doing what she wants. Um, so that's, she needs to work on control issues. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, she probably ran that household and now they're not together and he's doing things completely different than what she thinks is okay. Um, so that would be, I mean, I don't even know this person, but just based on what you're telling me is what I, I can gather. Fortunately, there's not, no, there's not a book that I would recommend, but I would say for people who are going through this stuff is definitely get some coaching, right? Uh, get some coaching on uh, other ways to think and other things that you can do. Um, definitely listen to podcasts and stuff. No, don't talk to your friend who's divorced and doesn't have the life you want, you know? Um, and um, for, and here's another thing. Your friends are your friends. They're and there is far few in between the people who have the strong friendships that tell you what you need to hear versus tell you what you want to hear, right? Um, so if you know for a fact that you don't have the friend that's going to tell you, like when you know when you ask her, do you know do I look good in this outfit? And she always tells you yes when the truth of the matter is no, you don't. Then um, don't go to her or them for relationship advice in this particular aspect. Uh, seek people who can guide you, professionals, I guess, that can guide you in the right direction. Um, because it's not, it's not as easy as it sounds. I agree with you. It's not as easy as it sounds, but it's totally doable. And um, you're going to come out so much better at the end when you are able to change this mindset. Um, you know, there's a couple of things is like, if you are, if your partner is with the person that they cheated on, which I see that a lot in my cases, right? Where the woman now resents, resents that woman. And it's like, okay, like, is she a bad person though? Like maybe she made bad judgment, but like, or maybe she didn't. I don't know. We don't know the full story if she was lied to too. But the you know at the at the point of the she realized that you were in the picture. Um, that doesn't necessarily make her a horrible person. And does she love your children or can she love your children? Right. Um, and we try to te- we want to try to keep them from them or like we don't want them to have relationships with their children because we're losing control of that mother stuff, right? And it's like the more people that you can have that love your children, then I'll allow that. I mean that's. That's two more people who your new partner and them who are going to look and guide these children, hopefully in the right direction and give them love. So why not? Um, So 
it starts talking shit about the other side and I'm cursing, sorry, but talking shit about the other side starts at home, right? Um, if, if you are teaching your children to disrespect their father or mother because you're doing it, um, then you're creating monsters and, you know, you don't want that. So you have to, you can and are able to bite your tongue. You do it every day, right? When you're working, do you tell your boss off because they're frustrating you? No, you bite your tongue because it's, you have to. So learn to do that with your, around your children. You want to talk crap behind their, you know, behind closed doors. I guess that's on you, but definitely guide yourself uh, to have more truth in front of your children and then recognize, well, why is he frustrating me? Or why is she frustrating me? What is triggering me, right? And in the situation you gave, I think the triggering is that she's losing control and he's not doing what she wants, or probably in the past he always did, which potentially could have left, led to the deterioration of the marriage. But um, what about this situation? And then, well, what happens if they don't do what I want? Ask yourself those questions like, well, if, you know, if he, if he shows up at 3.30 versus 3, what does that really do, right? Is it just that he's not doing what I want and showing up at 3 o'clock? Or is it really, if it, and if it's hindering previous plans or really messing up your whole schedule, and then you communicate that, right, and find ways around it. But it's when we stop trying to control every aspect of two households, right, that those frustrations go away. And when those frustrations go away, it's when we're able to communicate and be nicer to one another. They're not your enemies, they're your partners. And you have to remember that it doesn't matter what happened directly to you or what they did, or maybe, you know, and we talk a lot about cheating, but not all marriages fail because of that. So um, it, when you stop seeing them as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, when you stop seeing them as the your nemesis, right? There's another word for it, but when you stop seeing them as a person that you're fighting against and start seeing them as that partner that's helping you raise your children to be the best that they can be is when I think your mindset can switch as to um, how you talk about them, you know? And, and of course, I always have caveats in my videos. I'm always like, I understand there's abusive relationships, alcoholics, drugs, abuse. And I get that. I'm not talking about that small percentage. I'm talking about regular relationships of people um, because those things are small in percentage in comparison to the bigger picture of divorces. So really just do a lot of internal talking, ask yourself a lot of questions as to what, why that's triggering you in that moment. Why, why do you want to call him that? And is he really that, or is he just in that moment of frustration? So that's what I would suggest, but definitely talk to professionals. If you see yourself going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. I love that you talked about like, they're not your enemy because my husband and I recently went to like a marriage, uh, like conference marriage retreat conference and that was like one of the things that they teach you too is that like your husband is not your enemy and I love that like because you're partners like you're in this together but I love that you also mentioned that is like even for your ex because they mm -hmm. are your in this and I think I would also challenge people listening here is that if you don't have the great communication with your ex as you know like be the be the person that does the uncomfortable thing and says mm -hmm opens up that communication because I think like what you're saying is, is on both sides. Sometimes when I get frustrated, like I still get frustrated with my ex, like all, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too. Don't get me wrong. As much as I have an amicable relationship with him and we yeah. get children, like there's still aspects that he does things that I'm going to frustrate it, frustrated about. And I'm sure that he gets frustrated with me too. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But I love that you brought the, the, there's two things is that like, we probably are getting frustrated 
because of the control thing, like, okay, back off, dude. I know what I'm doing. Cause mm-hmm. that's right. Cause he also wants to know like, what are you doing? What are the kids doing? And why, why are they here? Why, why are you doing that way? Da, da, da. Because he has a, a way that he wants to control. Mm-hmm. But like, when we look at it, like, Oh, he's just being like, like that because he wants to feel like he has a control. It could literally be alleviated by having a simple conversation about it mm-hmm. or having a conversation about be like, Hey, um, this is bothering me. And I think a lot of like exes don't do that because they're like, we're not married. We don't have to have those conversations. Like, no, if you are looking to create a thriving relationship for the children, again, you could avoid a lot of, um, frustration by having open communication with your ex and saying, Hey, mm-hmm. how can we're partners together? I love that. You said that like, Hey, we're not mm-hmm. enemies. Like just hearing that, like if he came up to me, yeah. was like, not enemies partners, I'd be like, Oh, like it would like <laughs> bring that, you know, bring the like, you know, like, um, what do you the call barrier it? Like, down, bring the, yeah, yeah. the wall down. And like that, that like, Oh, I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to, you know, like defend myself here, the defensive energy that comes up because I yeah. think what happens is we're constantly trying to prove something to the other person. Like I, I knew when in the beginning, when we were going through a divorce, most of our fights was because I felt he was making me feel like I was a bad mom. Right. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm, mom and he's like uh, I didn't say you were a bad mom but it's like what I was hearing you know I'm like you're telling mm-hmm. me I'm doing it right because he was criticizing or like didn't like the way I was doing something and then it was the same thing with him like I'm like can you back off like so there's all this like and I'm sure people listening like yep I can relate to that but like what about just being the bold person and making that phone call or like saying hey can we have coffee and like talk about like we're in the same team here and how can we make this mm-hmm. work imagine like that what that could do and I remember that, that- too <laughs> Right. I remember making that scary phone call one time, you know, uh, almost two years. You know, it's been a very long journey. We've been separated for six, going on six years and it has been like a roller coaster, you know, and like we're in a very, very good place. But it took a, a lot of trial and error and like learning and like communication again. But I feel like even the communication can still be better, you know, like it can always be better. And it's even in a marriage, like your current marriage mm-hmm. or future marriage is always about like how can we understand what the other person is is feeling or like where they're they're feeling rejected or they're lacking the control like you said um I I love that you said like they're not your enemy like maybe maybe that's not just something to keep to yourself but like to even tell the person like hey we are not enemies Mm -hmm. in this like we are partners on raising these children together however that looks like let's work on this together so i love that thank you yeah. so much yeah. you're uh, welcome so much good content here i feel like this was, i wish that this podcast was available when i was going through divorce so <laughs> someone listening here and and wants to create that life a thriving life post divorce like get a lot of really great content from this and a lot of information and ways to go forward um lorena i'm gonna tag well pretty much link all of your resources um how and kind of i just following your ig alone but you have other platforms as well and you have Mm -hmm. i know that you said you're a certified success coach so there's ways that people can work with you so i will link is there any other final things you want to say on how people can connect with you or any last minute words? Um, biggest one is, I mean, I'm on TikTok and Instagram, uh, Instagram, I follow a lot more. So the, in the contents, both it's the same on both ends. So, but people use different platforms. So definitely you can reach out to me. You can, uh, DM me through Instagram and I do reply to all of them. It is me. (laughs) I don't have someone in the back end doing it. So, um, you know, and, and I would love to help if anybody needs um, some more words of encouragement or just, you know, have some questions that I can deep into 
um, I would definitely be honored to help out in that. So yeah, reach out to me. And then uh, finishing off with just saying that, you know, it, what your current situation is, is not where you're going to end up. So uh, take it for what it is in the moment and learn and grow from it. And you'll become a much better person at uh, the end uh, because we all have room for growth. No matter where I'm at right now, and I find that I, I'm very happy where I'm at, I still have room for growth. And I know every day that passes, I can get better. So just have that mindset and things will, will work out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Field by Gratitude podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend and make sure to check us out on the Connector group on Facebook, link in the show notes, as well as connect with Lorena and all of her social media as well. She puts out so much amazing content, so make sure to check out all of her social links. And if you are interested in diving in, I do have a free course called Divorced and Thriving. So if you are interested in diving into more of just some of my tips and suggestions on how I started the journey of healing through divorce and going into a successful, what I like to call successful marriage, then I invite you to, again, check out the Divorce and Thriving course on the Fueled by Gratitude website, fueledbygratitude.org. Also, if you're listening to this, most likely we have already kicked off or about to kick off the cocoon challenge. It is my most transformative group course that I offer. Make sure to check that on the fueledbygratitude.org website as well. If you are listening to this and it is after we have already kicked off, there is a self-guided course available that you can um, enroll and also you can see the replay of the Cocoon Challenge kickoff. So I wanted to mention all of those things so that you can have an incredible year in 2023, have a thriving year, have a life where you're not just surviving, but a life in which you are thriving in. Thank you so much again for listening to another episode and have a blessed day.